Good Saturday morning to all of my Chit Chat and Nia fans out there and listeners. I should call you guys listeners because I don't believe in the word fan. (laughs) But my listeners, uh, welcome back for a wrap up of part three of the Rodney Reed case. And I'm actually going to end up doing a... Um, actually, I should say wrap up of the crime crime scene and about going into about Jimmy Fennell and let's see and talking about Ed Salmonella. Um, so we're gonna wrap up the crime scene part of the case and then we will touch the last two parts, which part four and five will be um, Rodney's case, what didn't happen, what should have happened, and then where we are now. So I hope I'm giving you guys, excuse me, a good timeline of that information. Uh, Again, I don't know if I said this in the beginning, but happy holidays. And I hope everybody had fun Black Friday shopping. And so being that, you know, we're cut for time. Let's get right into it. So we'll pick up where we left off about Jimmy Finnell. Um, so assuming that the time of death is correct, which would have been 3 a.m., according to Jimmy Finnell, being that nothing was tested, um, no reports at the time were to back up this evidence truly there was just one thing that that was noticed in notes uh currently that backs up that may be the incorrect time of death uh, like i said 3 a.m was the initial time of death for stacy states according to jimmy Finnell. however new evidence shows that the time of death was between 11 p.m. and 12 a.m., which means Jimmy Finnell would have been the last person to see her alive. Now, taking a step back, because I still am researching some more on this case, I found a video, and if I can find the link to it, I'll link it below, a little small documentary of the new forensic uh, pathologists that are on the case who are stating that the timeline of 3 a.m. is wrong and the correct uh time frame that Stacy Sites would have been murdered would be somewhere between 11 p.m. and 12 a.m. And they say this because of lividity. Lividity, the definition is, refers to an unnatural color of the skin. Uh, hold on. I'm reading this in the dark because I'm recording because babies and everything are asleep, so... <laughs> It's not that I can't read, it's dark in here. Lividity can be uh, useful 
reacting in a body at time of death. Even whether a body was moved within the first few hours of death. So where did they find lividity? They found it on her face. It pulled towards her face. So that means she had to be slumped over, already passed away around 3 a.m. Already. That, that was uh, not enough time for lividity to set in. And she had to be slumped over because it pulled to- up towards her body into her face and that's where the lividity was found why is that a problem because she was found at the crime scene laying on her back so if she was found you know at the crime scene laying on her back by someone picking uh, wildflowers for their uh, significant other or their wife, then lividity, lividity would have set in in a different position, not pulled up towards her face. So that lets us know wherever she was killed, she was slumped over, i.e. there was a white mucus substance on the hump of the truck in the front and on the passenger side. That could be, and we're just putting dots together, allegedly, this could be a point of her being dead in the truck for, what did they say, a few hours, for the first few hours, slumped over. And this could be the reason why she had a clean sock on, because one shoe was found in the car, and this is the reason why there's no track marks or her sock that was um, on was clean because she was carried to that Uh, final her final resting place um, after the murder she was carried there she was placed there this crime scene was put together and placed together and this is what they're saying according to the video that I'll link below um, the truck or where Stacy's body was found was more likely, more than likely placed there. That's what I, I put in my notes, but that's what we talked about, about the livid, lividity and her body and placement. So let's get back to Jimmy for a second. Jimmy was their prime sus, sus, suspect. I don't know if I can speak. He was their prime suspect for... So Jimmy Finnell was their suspect originally, and uh, they were taking a hardcore look into him. 
like I said, he was a rookie police officer. However, he still was very well a part of the investigation to the point where he did cooperate with certain things like giving his DNA samples, um, going into the interrogation room and speaking without a lawyer twice until he failed two polygraph tests when asked if he knew anything about the murder of his fiance or had anything to do with the murder of his fiance he answered no and deception was found so that I know that um lie detector tests are admissible in court but it still speaks volumes when a person fails those tests especially when you are the fiance and technically the last person to see her alive and i just wanted to go step back a little bit i did say um i think in part one uh, or maybe part two, when we're talking about the crime scene about semen being found in Stacy. And according to the forensic pathologists that are now taking over the case, which they work on the Innocence Project, um, they stated that I said 24 hours semen can stay inside of you. However, they've stated that it could be 24 to, I believe, 72 or 48 hours that semen can be still inside of your body. However, Rodney Reed has came forward and stated that he and Stacy did have a intimate relationship that was an affair and on the down low and they did have sex the day before he found out that she was murdered. But back to Jimmy, um, Jimmy's timeline doesn't even match. According to Curtis Davis, the night before, uh, Curtis Davis is someone that works with Jimmy, a fellow police officer. Um, the night before him and Jimmy went to the bar excuse me, which would mean that Jimmy wasn't home at the time that he said he was during the interrogations with, uh, that he had, uh, originally Jimmy said that he was home with Stacy. Uh, Stacy went to bed around 8 PM. He stayed up a little bit after that to watch some TV. And then he went to bed shortly after, but that can't be true if Curtis Davis is coming forward and stating that the night before Stacy Stites was found murdered, he went to the bar with Jimmy. Um, so that means that Jimmy's timeline doesn't match what he told the police initially and in his um, interrogation. Giddings. There's a statement from Giddings, which is a sheriff deputy. The statement uh, Jimmy made at the funeral, he was a good friend, Sherry, uh, sheriff deputy. Uh, Giddings was a good friend of Jimmy Finnell. Jimmy Finnell made a statement at uh, Stacy Stipe's funeral where he said 
that uh, you got what you deserved. And Giddings stated that he heard Jimmy say this when they were lowering Stacy's body into the ground. And from that moment forward, Jimmy, de- excuse me, Giddings decided not to uh, no longer speak to Jimmy and completely cut him off. However, he didn't come forward at the time because he was afraid for his family. Uh, There's another cop, David Hall. He lives in the same apart, or he lived in the same apartment as Stacy Stites and Jimmy Finnell. And his alibi was he was home with his wife. However, David Hall seen drinking with Jimmy. I. David Hall is the third fingerprint. Um, I'm just going through my notes here, but I said that we would talk about the three fingerprints. Um, so two of those belonging to Jimmy Finnell, one belonging to Stacey Stites on the beer cans that were at the murder scene. And the third print, fingerprints found were those of David Hall, which is a cop that works with Jimmy Finnell. Why would his fingerprints be there? Especially if he was at home, his first story. And then second story, he was at the bar with Curtis Davis. So which one is it? Was he at home? Uh, with his fiance and going to bed? Was he at the bar with Curtis Davis? Or was he drinking with his cop buddy, David Hall? Or could he have done all three? Sips coffee. Um... (laughs) I say, how could he have done all three? Because could he have watched Stacy Stites go to bed, leave for the bar? Now, this is just me putting things together in my own brain, allegedly. He could have watched Stacy Stites go to bed. Um, and then he could have went to the bar for a little bit, maybe an hour or two with um, Curtis Davis. And then he kind of ran into on the way home from the bar with Curtis Davis uh, to David Hall's apartment and had a couple beers with him. By this time, they all would have been faded, right? David Hall's prints again were found on one of the beer cans at the crime scene. There were two beer cans at the crime scene, to be clear. So three months after Stacy's death, and this is the the meat that gets interesting about the, this case. 
because a lot of questions are, well, how would uh, Jimmy Finnell drive 35 miles with no car or into the neighboring town with no car after murdering her? How would he have gotten back home? Well, he's friends with cops and there was a cop's fingerprints there. Could it be possible that David Hall's fingerprint was there because he was a, working the case as a part of the scene? I mean, it's a stretch, but it's possible. At the end of it all, there's a way he could have gotten home. <laughs> I mean, he didn't walk home like some people said. He didn't run home like some people have stated. There's a way he got home. We just don't know that way yet. But uh, with things breaking open with this case, I think we'll find out very soon what what exactly uh, happened. But anyways, three months after Stacy's death, Ed Selmanilla was fired from the police force. They didn't give him a reason why he was fired. Um, I don't know if it was because of what he put in the statements. Um, it, it sounds like he was a straightforward cop um, and had nothing to do with trying to cover it up, but trying to figure out who actually committed the murder. So he was fired. Uh, the police department didn't give a statement on why he was fired. He was just let go. Three days after he was let go, he uh, supposedly took his life and committed suicide. What's wrong with this picture? Let me tell you. Let's take a timeline and go back. So because he was let go, he decided that he was going to take a trip. And he was going to do his laundry first. He told the laundry lady that, you know, he was going to put, start his laundry. He'll be back in an hour and then he'll come back. Run. He's going to run some errands and then he'll come back and get his things. What does Ed do? He goes to the bank and withdraws money. Um, and then he goes home. Even though he already let the laundry lady know that he would be back for his clothes because after that he was jumping on the road to go on a road trip, being that he just lost his job. So why would he go back home? Did he forget something? I thought I would assume he was already packed. Clothes were already washing, probably already had suitcases. These are all alleged points that I'm making in my own process to process all this information. When he gets home, supposedly he takes a gun and he just commits suicide. However, Ed was right-handed and the gunshot wound was found on the left side of his face. Also um, removed from the crime scene was the couch and the carpets. And the police said the reason why those were removed from the crime scene in Ed Salmonella's house was because it was too graphic for the family to see. 
I think we've seen a lot of graphic pictures as true crime lovers have seen a lot of graphic pictures. So uh, that one doesn't make sense for me. I just need to take another sip of coffee because I definitely am like, mm, I, well, did you get pictures of the couch before you decided to remove them? Did you get permission from the family? Like, I, so, I have so many questions. So many questions. Hopefully, during a new trial, these questions get answered. Rodney, or excuse me, Rocky Wardlow is a Texas Ranger. And he discovered uh, Ed Salmonella's body in his apartment. And we will talk more about Rocky Wardlow when we get into part three, because I don't want this to be too lengthy for you guys. I mean, excuse me, part four. And then that's when we will start going into uh, Rodney Reed and how did Rodney Reed get caught up in all of this. We do know that Jimmy Finnell found out that Rodney and Stacy were having a affair. We do know, according to Rodney, that Jimmy Finnell actually approached him um, during about the affair. We do know that Stacy Stites confided into a co-worker that she was having an affair with a black man named Rodney. And if her fiance found out, she was afraid that he would kill her. What else do we know? We know that Ed, uh, Jimmy Fennell is has been convicted of sexual assault and did 10 years while on duty as a police officer. So his police officer record is not in the best shape. Um, what else do we know? Uh, we know that the crime scene was definitely staged. Um, and we know that uh, people who we're trying to do the right thing in the case and i use this uh, loosely and with quotes committed suicide and was fired from their job so uh yeah none of this was talked about in the case by the way um that rodney reed was convicted of death but we'll get there i hope you guys enjoy uh, this segment of Rodney Reed's case. I love breaking it down so we get to the nitty gritty and I don't miss any points or we can go back and recheck points. So I love that you guys are enjoying that. Let me know in the comments, in any of my social media networks, what you think, what your thoughts are about the Rodney Reed case. What do you think of, of the timeline up until this point? Let me know. Let's have a conversation because our next case is OJ Simpson case. I know everybody's like, eh, why are we going to talk about it again? Because when you see things so many times and you hear things so many times, there are little things that people slip up on and miss and don't put together. And of course, who loves a good conspiracy theory of what do we think happened that night? 
right? So just a little teaser for you guys, but I appreciate all of my listeners. Uh, If you can on the actual site to continue to help my podcast grow because I am growing quickly and loving the vibes and the energy and the fact that you guys are loving everything. There is a donation option just so I can continue to make these episodes and probably make them every day for you guys. Um, You are not obligated to donate, obviously. I just love having you here to listen to me and that I'm not talking to anyone after talking to by myself off air um but if you are able to and it would be kindly appreciated and thank you so much for just taking the time out to listen and let me break down these stories for you i got some more good stuff coming to you i'm gonna throw mental health uh check-in in here as well so Make sure you subscribe to this channel so that way you can get those notifications because your girl's going in and going in with these uh, podcasts. And if you love listening to a good podcast and you think this is the one, keep Make sure you're subscribed and you're following on your listening platform so you can keep up with the content I'm going to be pushing out. Uh, I send nothing but love to you guys and enjoy your Saturday.